Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Wow. Thank you so much, Brian. I don't think I've met you, but I like your announcement. This is Paul Edwards, and welcome, everyone, to Tuesday Topics, uh, and welcome to my usual suspects who are with me and making me look good this week, and that's Larry Gassman and Rick Morin. Both of you guys, welcome, and thank you for being here. Once more, we are, we are um, stepping out onto a ledge in the hopes that enough people will be out there to prevent us from falling free. Uh, which is a good science fiction book if you're into uh, strange human uh, genetic alterations. Um, Falling Free is a good book. Um, so on Tuesday topics tonight, we, we, had, we had proposed talking about four topics, and I received uh, actually um, a couple of emails today, um, both from Florida, one from Vince Mistretta, uh, who is sort of a voice out of the past. It's so good to hear from you, Mr. Mistretta. Mr. Mistretta used to be a president of FCB in the dim and distant past and lives in West Palm Beach with his wife, Pat, who I guess is not doing as well as she might. And, uh, and also um, from a good friend of mine and a uh, rehab counselor and supervisor for the Division of Blind Services, Ms. Louise Payton. Um, so hello to both of you guys. And since since you guys left me some emails, I guess we might as well start with uh, with with that topic. Uh, one of the questions that I raised in the email that uh, that that I sent out uh, concerning Tuesday topics tonight was how much of a bother is moving for blind people? Is it harder? Uh, is it easier? And and what are some of the tips that those of us who have done it recently um, would offer? Um, to others uh, about moving, um, it was it was something that um, that I have recently had to deal with, in that I just sold my house in Miami. In fact, closing on that house was last Tuesday, just before Tuesday topics started, and um, uh, it it was a pretty wrenching experience. Not only uh, not only in terms of all the work that we had to do, this was a 2,900 square foot house um, uh, with uh, 30 years worth of stuff in it and 30 years worth of memories as well. And the stuff I could deal with, the memories was much harder. Um, you know, some of my happiest times, loads of friends, lots of New Year's, piles of Christmases, and a whole range of other things. It was, uh, it, it, it was a house that... Uh, uh, Gail, uh, my partner, and I fell in love with when we saw it. We had actually looked at buying a brand new house, and we walked into this house and just sort of fell in love with it. 
Um, and, and it was even by then in 1995, um, 30 years old. Um, and it is now, um, gosh, more than 50 years old. Um, and it, it still survives. So I think it will be substantially altered by the time it's lived in next. So it's going to be strange. But moving was the issue. How hard is it for blind people to move? Let, let me talk for just a minute about some of the things that were hard for me, and then I'll see if, if uh, Rick or Larry have anything. And, and if they don't, we'll open it up and see if some of the folks who are here would like to contribute. So one of the things that, that has changed is that virtually all the moving arrangements that you're supposed to make uh, are harder to make uh, on uh, without being online anymore. Um, I tried calling to do things like um, uh, turn off gas and, and get electricity turned off and, and check water and other things like that. And, and, and I thought that would be the normal way that it was done and was, was sort of told, no, everybody does it online now. Um, I didn't. Uh, I, I, I want to pay particular um, um, particular uh, gratitude to the water folks who were really quite wonderful, though, once, once they realized what the situation was. And there are all kinds of rules that I had no idea about uh, moving. For instance, did you know you, if you're putting a pod in a driveway – you have to get a permit. Um, I knew there were that you had to be careful about where you put it, but I didn't realize you had to get a permit, which you had to pay forty bucks for, uh, if you wanted to leave it in in uh, in in a driveway for any length of time whatsoever. I suppose if you drove it up and filled it and moved it away, nobody would know. But if it's going to be there very long, you have to do all of those things. Um, I found. Um, I found organizing help um, relatively easy, mostly because of the fact that um, my realtor knew a family who was prepared to work and, and who did uh, yeoman work uh, in terms of helping to pack things and move things. And I also had uh, a daughter and a brother um, who were very helpful. But, but for me, it was a pretty wrenching exercise. So, um, Larry and Rick, you guys, you guys have been in, in your places for a while, so you probably don't have any recent experience moving. No, no. But still, I mean, we, Melinda and I, when she was alive, obviously, when we moved to where we are now in Fullerton, we, the thing I didn't like as much was oh, we had to do so much in terms of relying Unsighted yeah. folks to help us. We wanted right. to do everything, and by that and at that point in time, we could still turn water and gas off, and we did, you know, by calling. Mm-hmm. So in 2004, that was it was not done online as much as it is, but right. we, but we knew what the new apartment would look like. In fact, I'm here now, but we didn't know much about how things would look in the mm-hmm. apartment, and we got together friends of ours who said, "Hey." If you need help, let us know. We had friends from Melinda's work who came over early, and they said, you know, as I look, here's where this might go. It's up to you. It was always up to us. But huh? this might look good here. Uh, 
but the problem was we we still had to rely on people to put things where they thought it would look best. And in a couple of cases, we said, no, that's not like the bed in our bedroom. Yeah. They, they had it going a different way. And I said, I, that's taking up too much room and I'm going to run into it. I'd like to do something different with it. And Melinda agreed and we moved it. And it wasn't easy to move either because some the refrigerator, same thing. We thought it would yep. go in one place and they said, no, nah, it's not going to fit. But you don't know that until you get it there. There was a lot of relying. And so, you know, we made sure that yep. we bought food for everybody and make sure they were comfortable, uh-huh. et cetera. But, I mean, it worked and it was fine and we got settled in and it was all good. But for a while, it was it was kind of stressful for both of us because we had to rely on the good sense of our friends and, and neighbors. And luckily, it worked out. And I did things in sort of two halves. So it was a little different for me because I, I moved up here a year ago because I was ill. And and I actually furnished my apartment up here, um, mostly from Amazon. Um, and and I looked for stuff that was relatively cheap. And 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 luckily, my my eldest daughter is very good at and seems to enjoy kind of putting things together. So um, a, a lot of my furniture was kind of throw together stuff similar to the sort of sort of thing that you get at IKEA. Um, but it but it really worked well, and I got I got some second hand things from from stores, and and had a friend up here who was prepared to lend me a truck to get that stuff here. But um, most of the furniture in in Miami, I I either well I mostly um, gave away um, because it just wasn't possible to arrange um, when I could be down there to sell it. So it just didn't work. Mister Rick, you haven't you haven't moved recently. No, the last time we moved was, um, God, 91, long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's scary. Yeah, it, it, it is scary. So let's see if, if perhaps there are some hands up who would like to talk about moving. Yeah, we've got some folks. Um, let's see, uh, Anicio. Mr. Correa. Hello, Paul, and hello, <coughs> everyone. Um well, you know that I've moved a lot. Um, <laughs> I did know I probably, that. <laughs> I probably in my life, I have not counted it, but uh, my wife helped me the other day because she said in uh, the 30, 31 years that we've been married, we moved eight times. And I think my goodness, I moved probably three or four before that, including from one country to another. Mm-hmm. But um, I think th- what I focus mostly is on getting to you know on on the new adjusting to the new area partly because since we since we've owned homes um both in atlanta and in maine i was i was married and fortunately my wife was able to deal with that with that part of uh packing stuff and closing down and often i had already moved ahead of her to a new job so my my challenge has always been more the adjusting and finding out where things are and where we're going to live. And, and, and that to me is what I've, I guess, because I've done it so many times, I found so exciting um, to be in a new, new area to try to find out not only, you know, after work, what do you do, you know, where you go for a beer or where you meet yep. people or, and I, I've traditionally, I've enjoyed that now granted, 
um, the older you get, the harder those things get, uh, because I guess you're not as adventurous, maybe, or at least I'm not. But also, I think the, 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 the move that has been the hardest for me it's probably the last one, you know, that when I'm yes. in Florida, right? Partly it's because mm-hmm. I'm no longer working full time. So that goes one of the major outlets, you know, that the you mm-hmm. depend on to make friends, etc. But also it's the first time that I've moved to a place that is kind of not remote, but it's a, it's a, it's a town, but it's a, one of those suburban towns in Florida with very little or no transportation, not right. many places to go except the beach, etc. So that has been the the hardest. And I'm not sure if it's the the area itself that is the biggest challenge or the fact that you know I'm seven years old and I need to, you know, how do you how do you find those outlets and those things to do and you know those um, interesting things around town. Um, now, did did you have did you have um, like special transportation services even available in 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 that county? The, here, yeah, there are. I mean, there's special yeah. transit. I have not taken nice. it. Yeah, but I've taken Uber and Lyft and things like that. But it's just not the main places to go. You know what I mean? You have to go to. Yeah, I mean, there's not a there's not a whole lot. So, but the other piece that. And that's you know, and that's certainly the reason why I've moved so much. And I've talked about that in this program before, is for employment, right? I mean, because I think as a blind person, if you really want to move up in your career, um, if your career is one like mine was in the blindness field, which is very small, and usually there's only one one organiz- major organization per major area. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Once you're done with that, you know you. If you want to move up, you have to you have to go somewhere else, and that's why I moved so many times. But uh, it for me, it's been a, it's been a, it's always been a, a big adventure that I enjoy and uh, appreciate it. Uh, but then again, I I did not have to deal with the things that you that, that you mentioned before. I can just imagine, and I've heard my wife. I mean, she's cited, but she's gone through the same making, yeah. right? And 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 difficult thing that she's a she's someone who's very attached to things. First of all, so it's even worse, <laughs> even worse for a person yeah. like that. So, so did you guys tend to keep all your stuff and try to move it with you, or did you try to get rid of stuff before you moved? Or I mean, I tried to get rid of stuff, but it's very hard with her. You know, it's, with my wife. Yeah. So right now I can tell you I'm, I I tell you because she's not listening otherwise she'll kill me. We have a two car garage in this house. We have two cars, and neither one of them fits in the garage. So got it. <laughs> we still have to. She still has to get rid of a lot of stuff and organize and all that. So and even though it's a Excuse pretty big me. house, but uh, yep, nice. Uh, I I get that. <clears throat> How did you find? How did you find Braille and moving? Did you did you have Braille stuff that 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 you either took with you or or gave away? Braille stuff, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, like books, Braille books. Uh, you know, I I mean, I I don't. I really never had that many books. I had I had more books actually in Portugal than ever before, and I I miss. I one of the things I regret not having with me. And I don't know what I would have done with it anyway, but 
is the books that I did myself in high school that I transcribed. Right. right. I'd love to see how my skills were then. But um, so I left a lot of that stuff. And I mean, every time you move, you lose, lose things. I mean, the nice thing about <clears throat> the, uh, you know, with the, with the computers and braille displays and, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff now is doesn't take that you know, you can have a lot of books, you know, uh, in a, in a, in a flash drive. Um, the other thing that I didn't have originally, I, my biggest move probably was when I moved to New York city, right? I moved from, I lived in Miami, went to graduate school mm -hmm. in Iraq and then moved to New York by myself. I didn't know a single person there. And, you know, the, before the internet and all the all that kind, of, and that to me was the again. I was 23, 24, 25. Mm -hmm. So it was a was a wonderful experience. I remember the first night I was in I at my internship in New York, <clears throat> and I was in uh, living in one of those tenement buildings right around the the agency at that time in Midtown. Oh, right. <laughs> I remember the day is over. I'm going home. I walked home because it's very close and I get up there to the seventh floor and I have my windows open. It's the middle of the summer. It's very hot. There's no air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I said, Oh my God, now what do I do? Where do I go? <laughs> and I have the radio on and all of a sudden in the news comes, comes this awful news about this teenager that was dragged by his feet all the way from, I don't know what street even, and all the way to the East river. Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> This was a big story at that time. This just happened that night. And I said, oh, my God, what did I do? Where did I come? <laughs> but it was wonderful. I mean, I remember my first time, you know, uh, finding out where the public theater was in downtown Manhattan and buying it, going down by myself, you know, taking mm -hmm. this away. I almost fell in the track so many times. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it was an adventure. Well, well, Mr. I, Anisio, thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and and we'll talk to you later about about some of the other issues. Thank you. Absolutely. Very good. Deanna, or, yeah, Deanna, please. Hey, Deanna, how are you? Hey, Paul, I'm good. <laughs> um, I've moved a lot. I was an army brat for starters, so I've been. Mm -hmm. I was born in California. When I was a year old, we took the train back to Michigan because my father was sent to Korea. Um, then, uh, mm -hmm. When he came back, we went to Alabama, Louisiana. Texas was where I started school. My parents split up. We went back to Michigan. Michigan's my mama's home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a recurring event. Uh -huh. And then, <laughs> then uh, back out to California when mom didn't want me to go to the blind school and uh, decided that we needed to move before I hit junior high. Mm -hmm. um, so we moved back to California because she knew I could be mainstreamed there. And then um, I was there through college, um, joined the Peace Corps, went to Western Samoa for two and a half years, mm -hmm. then came back to uh and moved to Oregon, then moved to Colorado, then now I'm here in Missouri. So I've lived, I think, in eight states and mm -hmm. one foreign country. And I don't know. I think it's almost a good thing to move every at least every five years because then you really think about how much of this crap do I really need? 
<laughs> and and you're a braille book collector too. What did you do about yes. your braille books? I gave them to my daughter-in-law, who was just thrilled because she got four large bookcases with four large, you know, collections of children's books and cookbooks and things like that. And I figured if there was anything that I absolutely missed, I would get it um, in a BRF file and read it on a braille display. Yep, well, it makes it makes sense. And I suppose that's I suppose that's easier now. But then. So I, I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but so many of the Braille books that I had were, mm -hmm. were hand transcribed and, and yeah, you know, there's only one copy were. in the world. Yeah, and, I've and got some things like that. Like I've got the diary I wrote when I was in junior high and mm -hmm. it cracks me up every time I, I see it up there on the shelf. It takes two really fat, large um, notebooks and it says on the first page, I'm keeping this diary because if I ever have a 13-year-old daughter, I want to remember what it was like, so I won't be the kind of mother mine is. <laughs> See, my junior high diary was just the opposite. Um, uh, my, my junior high diary sort of said, um, and, and, and I, I, I didn't keep it because uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to um, mm -hmm. for, for some bizarre reasons, but my, my um, uh, junior high diary essentially said, you know, um, I, I'm an, I'm an awful person and, um, I, I just give my mother so much trouble and it's, and it's awful. I, and awful, just, just very negative. Um, and, and I, guess the, I was the, always <laughs> a rebel, Paul. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, later on, I realized that, that my junior high diary was wrong. I mean, my mom was an alcoholic and was really doing, doing an, uh, a, an immensely good job of, um, of psychologically Abusing. ruining my capacity. Yeah. Oh, lots of abuse, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And but I, I found it so hard. Even this last move, I ended up, I ended up giving away a, a lot of hand transcribed stuff, and I and I found it really hard to do. Um, well, you know, still, I think that um, I think we are a society that that owns too much stuff yeah <laughs> and but, but I, so but I i've been giving that, away stuff right. even after moving this last time because right. i was in a two-story farmhouse with my right. daughter and her three kids and my husband mm -hmm. and you know and we had goats and the Yep. Donkeys and horses and guinea mm -hmm. pigs and dragon, you know, bearded dragon lizards and, yep. and all, you know, everything you could think of, a llama um, out there. But when Curtis got so it could no longer make it up the stairs and was having to use a walker and then eventually a wheelchair, I realized that when we were away at work, he was alone all day and um, we were on the lower story of the house so that there was a walkout and he could make it to the driveway and get into mm -hmm. his car and drive and, you know, put his walker in mm -hmm. the passenger seat and go right. places. But that wasn't going to last longer. I could see he was losing mm -hmm. strength and yep. it was going to reach a point where he was not going to be able to use that walker. He'd have to be in a wheelchair. So I was reaching 67 and I thought... It's time for you to retire, girlfriend, and get yourself into mm -hmm. a place where you can care for him. And so we took our retirement money. We left our daughter <clears throat> the house with for her kids because by then they were in junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. Nice. And two of them could drive. So 
<clears throat> even being out in the country like that, you know, she had three people like this. And nice. I needed to be where I could get public transportation as Curtis's health went down. There would be mm-hmm. potentially a time when he could no longer drive himself. So we found a house and it was really funny. Um, it was a repo and it's only one of two houses on our little um, dead end street um, that are owned. The rest of them are all rentals. And across on one side, it's all single family houses. On the other side, it's duplexes and apartments that are all low income. So my daughter drops me off because I want to put shelf paper in the cupboards before we start moving. And um, the, my daughter looks, you know, out. <laughs> when she comes back, she looks at me and she says, Mama, there wasn't a single white face on this street. And I said, Daughter, did it ever occur to you that we don't have white faces either? <laughs> we, <need an American. laughs> we may be lighter colored, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're still considered people of color and so um she got over the fact that that with our two big german shepherds nobody bothers us we put up a six foot privacy fence we have no trespassing or or vandalism or anything because everybody thinks my my little guide dog who's only 68 pounds but he's a german Mm -hmm. shepherd and my husband's 115 pound rescue shepherd Uh guard dogs (laughs) <laughs> so, uh-huh. Oh, big time. Yeah, and it works. Yeah, and it works. And Nobody's nobody, going to come near your house. No, they don't. And um, they'll stand 10 or 20 feet away and say, that's a really pretty dog. And I'll say, yep. And, you know, <laughs> if I'm approaching the bus stop, somebody might be waiting there and, and they'll call out, does your dog bite? And I said, only give if you give him a reason. <laughs> He's got teeth. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you can often get a seat. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I had yep. one shepherd that used to go and glare at people when we went to New York mm-hmm. um, on the subway. He'd make somebody move so I could have that seat. <laughs> and it worked, too. He would do stare down, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my, wow. yeah. So it was quite funny. He was, he was something else. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it's good. I have a lot of stuff that has memories for me. So yes. I keep asking my kids, okay, is there anything here that means anything to you? If you want yep. it, take it now because I don't want to have to deal with it later. And I don't want you girls to be fighting over, you know, a teapot or a, <laughs> a painting or whatever. Just, you know. Because it meant something to you and your sister took it, you know. It's, that's yep. just, I've been through that when I've cared for my husband's grandparents one after the other. Mm-hmm. As they yep. just, um, you know, so I just don't want to get, you know, have that happen to my family. So I'm going, yep. just take it if you want it, you know. Yep. So every time my daughter from Connecticut comes, she fills her suitcase up with, with <laughs> memorabilia that's important to her. And, nice. and I, you know, I just say, you know, jewelry, whatever it is, I'll tell you the history. I'll tell you how I got it, but you're welcome to it because I'm not going to need it in a few years. Nope, you know? I, none of us do. No. So and, why so, should I encumber yep. them with having to figure out what to do with it when I'm gone? 
So yep. when we moved here, I furnished it completely from yard sales because I didn't want to take anything out of the farmhouse because mm -hmm. my daughter needed the furnishings and the dishes and the nice. you know, cookware and stuff. So I have a friend who is a queen of the yard sale. I'd use my GPS and we'd wander all over the country and, you know, I got some really great deals. My, my um, sofa bed with 30 bucks and it was mm -hmm. brand new it still had the tape inside because this guy bought it for his hunting lodge then somebody gave him some leather furniture and he realized this this pretty sofa that he bought would not be practical for a hunting lodge because it would get so nice. dirty so you know he had it there and and uh um i said well i can't you know how much do, did you want for it and he says well Yep, I paid five hundred and fifty for it, and I said, "Well, I've got thirty bucks." And his son said, "Pop, I don't want to put it back on the truck. Give it to her." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was fun, and um, you know, it's. I think if you look at life as an adventure, every time I move, what I do, one of the first things I do when I hit the ground is is set up with um any kind of voc rehab to do an mm -hmm. orientation you know mm -hmm. the bus system the street layout yep. where the nearest things are to where i'm locating you know mm -hmm. you know i tell them what i i i need a grocery store i probably need a dry cleaners i probably need mm -hmm. you know what churches are around what parks yeah um how know. about a drugstore pharmacy yeah yep. yeah that kind of thing yep. and these days um, my pharmacy delivers <laughs> a lot are doing that now. It's really interesting because that didn't used to be very easy, but now it's a lot easier. Yeah, and they're yep. really great. It's a, it's a family-owned pharmacy, mm -hmm. and they got the script talk, and mm -hmm. they you know always label everything, and they call me once a month and say, well, we're getting your medications ready. Are there any changes? And I'll say no, and she'll call and you know, get my prescriptions renewed without my having to keep track of it. She'll just do How it. How cool is that? Yeah. And if yep. and during COVID, she said, look, if you need anything that you would find in a drugstore, whatever, just yep. um, give me a credit card number and I'll add it to your medications and it'll come at the same time. You know, so um, I needed some more disposable masks and some toothpaste this last time i said oh lisa by the way <laughs> put those on my bill and you know she takes it off my credit card and it's it's you know it's nice to hear from her once a month she's a very it nice is. young lady and you know it it's all good um my neighbor mows my lawn um nice he he clears my driveway from from snow and, and ice um he's the other homeowner on the block <laughs> so nice so we're we're friends and um he and his wife are really nice people i couldn't have better neighbors um mm -hmm. when i was recovering from my back surgery that i had in december and couldn't lift kurt's wheelchair he had a medical appointment i called gary mm -hmm. and said um i've got a problem i thought i had some, he has something come up do you think you could take Curtis over to the hospital to get his tests? And mm -hmm. he came right over, loaded the wheelchair, stayed with him, you know, pushed his chair around the hospital, came back, brought him. He says, do you, do you just ask anytime, you know, whatever you need. And he's a guy that's always working, always busy, 
Yep. Um, somebody hit my mailbox and knocked it off. It's you know out of the out of its. Brown. So he yep. yeah. So he put it back up, and when I went to uh, check it, he had hammered a hook in the side of the post so that I could hang up braille books by their strap instead of having to tie them to the braille box with twine, which he saw me doing How one day. Cool is that? You know, so you know, if you are open and friendly and make a point of getting talking to people you soon get your new network in place wherever yep. you move yep it does it does work that way miss diana yeah. thank you so much sure and we'll talk to you a little later all righty thank you mr rick yeah melody please hey hello paul i I really enjoy your topics. You get us thinking. You, you, you touch on things that maybe people wouldn't normally think of. Um, I, the idea of an older home that would since become altered. I had, I had lived in an old abandoned high school in the early 90s. I don't know that any, there might be one ACB <laughs> member of Ohio that would know this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the, the one who helped me find it. I don't really disclose this. And uh-huh. we were homeless. We didn't have a choice. And my parents bought this school in 91. It was in a rural location. And I was, it was not, not accommodating if I have to use that word at all, because, it, you know, I would tumble down the stairs. I was, I had a lot of neat experiences. I was introduced to four, six, eight, some 100 leg guests that maybe most people wouldn't normally get to check out. Um, <laughs> that were, some were invited, some were not. My cat had her kittens there and I got to assist with the delivery when I was six. It was uh-huh. a really neat experience and I got to feed uh-huh. baby birds out of the hand, you know, but it was we had to move the upkeep in 94. We had to, to um, leave. And it was one of the most disappointing times in my life. And since we had lived in, you know, just subsidized apartments and moving around and living with people and just, I wasn't considered as far as how I'd be affected. Neither was my right. family. And now it's when I thought my Monica would be my ticket out. I, yep. I found that before the interference of learning a new environment with my parents or with, a home health aid, you know, they're, they're just, they don't know. They're more of a hindrance than a help. And I found that when I got to figure it out on my own, I did better. And with her, she would say, I will help you, but you're going to do it. I need that mild push. And she was yep. always there for me. And she wasn't forceful like a TVI or a rehab instructor can be. Nice. And now it's, I'm going to have to move into one of those independent living apartments for supplemental, you know, people with disabilities and I'm 36 and I need that better half. It's that point where I truly am in my prime and I can't. And I find that when I'm lonely with all these additional conditions and disabilities going on, I, the reverse psychology of, even though I have the options to figure out my own environment, I'm less motivated because I don't have someone to to be right there with me. And I'm just, I have to have a provider come in, you know, I'm actually fine. I own four vacuum cleaners. Mm -hmm. It's it's what yep. I have to do to, in order to get out of this. It's it's ridiculous. And I am a Braille book collector as well. My computer does not have an SD card holder on it. I didn't think of that when ordering it from um, CFTB. It was just, I didn't think of it. Right. So I have, you know, the non-24 pack and a ton of NFB books and the display and all this technology and to move it along with furniture and sentimental keepsakes. It's just, it's going to be ridiculous because they don't have that much help. And I, I, it's going to be nice that I can go more, you know, where I, I want to. And it's going to be kind of foreign because like mm-hmm. you, I, with ingrained 36 years of psychological abuse, not have to have been around it way over 18. It's, it's almost like you feel safe with it and familiar, even though it's, 
as degrading yep. as it is and I wouldn't know what to do without it. So it's the, I, someone once recently told me that you have to pick, don't just pick transportation or safety. You've got to think of both and balance those out. And right. I, the, figuring out, you know, if there's a bus line within three quarters of a mile, and if we're going to have this mm -hmm. inaccessible gated community and then all the multitude of addresses that we have to change with all our delivery apps and IRA and be my eyes and all that, besides what anyone else would have to, it's, it's thought that it's happening now. It's quite daunting. So. Oh, it is. It's scary. Um, and I, I don't know what the, what the right answer is, particularly for somebody in your situation, who's really just learning. Um, to be as independent as you can be. It's not an easy thing. Um, it's not simple. Um, it, I, I think, um, I, I, I guess what, what, what I found was um, that um, it really is important if you can manage to do it, um, to, try, to try to find a couple of folks who can help. And even if even if you can't pay them very much, if you if you can offer to do some things for them in exchange for their help and sort of do, use the barter system, you can sometimes you can sometimes get ahead and get some of the some of the newness sorted out. Um, so I, that's certainly something that I've done here. Is I've I've worked with um, with finding some folks who I could pay a little money to um, and get some of the some of the services that I needed. Because it was just going to be a lot easier for me to to be able to get um, to get things done when I wanted them, rather than when somebody was prepared to do them. I don't know, and I bet you found that when when someone can do something for you because they want to, and you get to help them too, it's it's a lot more constructive than when someone is obligated to do something for you or when they're paid to do it. And it's that well, that mutual. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I think both sides have a point. I mean, if there's if there's mutual exchange and both both guys feel like they're getting something out of it, then it's great. Um, I, I'm not sure it always works that way, but I think yeah. I think if you can find that, that's wonderful. Yeah, I was kind of thrown off because the the one who helped me find ACBs, you know, you got to get out and everything. He's a year and three weeks younger and has been living on his own. And he told me after our state convention the day we came home, he said you would make a really super amazing independent living instructor and considering your legal address and the fact that you've just been living as a tenant pretty much and you've been paying bills on your own you've been cleaning you've been taking care of all your appointments whereas your father hasn't been doing a thing for himself and it's, yeah. he's been listening to yeah. and he's seen it he said you've been showing me how to do things and it's i was that was one of the most positive it, it well, kept me going to hear that. yeah and i've i i you know all of my interaction with you suggests that you're really capable too so i mean that's that's very cool I, I, I am I am excited with your input and it and it sounds like you're getting it together. Um, did do you think there are some specific problems that you had as a as as a blind person that you wouldn't have had if, if you could see? I think I had it used as an excuse for me so much that I fed right into it and applied for services that I'm now having trouble holding on to. Mm -hmm. And I I had known and my mom told me recently it felt like it positivity and a betrayal at the same time she said i knew you wanted to become a one-on-one -on -one caregiver for 20 years and right. she hadn't spoken up and it was before i had additional diagnoses and i just i didn't know what to do with it because i they're always you know you're going to cut your finger and somehow bleed harder or get a fourth degree burn because you're hot you know <laughs> and you're going yeah. to not be able to answer a door by yourself but yet some of the situations i was in those could have taken me so it's 
now having been in public school until the seventh grade, then gone to the mm-hmm. blind, the school for the blind for six years, become mm-hmm. valedictorian, and then had that downfall and kind of lost independence in some ways, but gained a mm-hmm. lot in other ways. It, it's kind of a surreal experience that I do because it's, I think sometimes we experience events that may not be as traumatic to others more significantly and internalize them. So. Yep, I think that I think that happens, and it and it may happen partly because we're blind. I think that's right, Miss Melody. Thank you so much for your call, and 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 stick around and talk to talk about some of the other stuff that's coming up a little later. Thank you. Thank you, Mister Rick. Chris Bell, please. Yep. Hey, Paul. How you doing? I am good. Good. So you're all moved up to Jacksonville, huh? I am. And you're. And how are things going for you, sir? Well, uh, Joe and I moved from Minnesota down to uh, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, about four years ago, and uh, it was it was quite the quite the change because this place is much more rural. And where we lived in Minnesota, you know, we were oh, you know, nine miles from downtown Twin Cities and stuff. So, um, I moving moving just sucks. I mean, this just, it does. You know, <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing endearing about moving, and, uh, and 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 you had moved from like the DC area up to up to Minnesota right. too, right? That's right. Yeah, you got a good memory. Yeah, so uh, so we moved here. We and our realtor who sold us this place is smaller than the house we had in, in Minnesota, and she was very helpful. And you know, she tried to teach Joe and I like how to get. This is like a a little development. It's not a gated community, but it's sort of been developed over 30 years and they've got this thing with a guy that developed it likes like these english pathways so there's no straight anything here at all <laughs> it's like oh jesus um but uh <laughs> so anyway it, it 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 was a real struggle uh for me because i my spatial orientation is almost non-existent to learn right. to get around that I had to use uh, uh, an O&M instructor and the guide dog instructor to come and sort of pattern routes for my guide dog just so I could uh-huh. go get the mail or go get a cup of coffee. Um, and, and that's worked out okay. But it's, uh, it, it, the community seemed like there was a lot of stuff going on here, but at least for, for us, it didn't, it didn't feel like that. And we moved here partly because my, I have a lot of family down here, which we thought would, you know, be great and interact with, but that, that didn't happen either. So that was kind of weird. So anyway, so, um, yeah. As a, as a blind person, um, did, did, did you find that, that a new community kind of far from where you'd ever been before was, was hard to adjust to for you and for them or, or. Yes. Um, they, they had, uh, in the summer, they had the get-togethers every Wednesday night out in this little park out in front of mm-hmm. our houses, and uh, you know, I'd I'd go up there, or Joe'd go up there, and and they kind of wouldn't know what to do with us, you know. So, you know, there's chairs over here, and all that other kind of stuff that we all deal with, and then they'd you know somebody'd like take my shoulders and move <laughs> around like yeah. it was a potted plant. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right, <laughs> you know, and and I don't know, it just. It never felt really comfortable. I mean, we we got some friends and all that stuff, and that was that was fine, but it was all sort of it wasn't cliquey, but it was like we were just sufficiently different that it never quite seemed to fit together. 
and, and I don't know how to fix that some of the time. Um, you know, I had the same kind of problem with, with um, going to PTA meetings when my kids were growing up. Sure. Um, that the, my, my kids didn't like the fact that I was there in the first place. And, and the, the, the PTA, me- PTA members didn't know what to do with me at all. <clears throat> and um yeah yeah and and it's 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 kind of the same thing that you're talking about um I, maybe maybe some other people who will talk later will tell us both what we should have done about that um but i i don't know how to make people feel comfortable with with our blindness when they're not i mean i know i know you chris and i both both reach out and are and are pretty communicative with folks and and you'd think and so it's joe and you'd think yeah. that 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 would be that that would be sufficient, and that and and that you'd get over the hump, and suddenly you know, uh, bingo, um, things would work. But it, it it often doesn't, and I'm not sure I understand why. I mean, I I've had some of the same sorts of problems uh, here when when I've gone out by the pool and hung out when when or or when there are little Christmas parties in the for the apartment complex and right right. And, and and it's uh, you know I've noticed the same thing as you have that that folks really are 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 pretty uncomfortable and aren't quite sure how to deal with this. <laughs> well, and they don't they don't ask that that's no. part of the problem, you know. And they assume, they kind of, yeah, they, or they assume and they just do. Well, we gotta yeah. we gotta fix this, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fix it. But my my classic this didn't happen here. But you know, one time Joe and I were walking in Minnesota and, and we knew where we were going and this. Woman stops and says, "Can I help you?" And we said, "No, we're fine." And we said, "Well, no, really, I, I, I should help you." I said, no, we're fine. And she said, "Why won't you handicap people accept help?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. yep. <laughs> and that's that's part of the issue. It's not. It's not just that you know we can be outgoing and friendly, but you you never know what other needs the, the other person you're talking to has, and you know yep. that that that's going to come out. And that's just yep. the way it is. But I do. Excellent. I have to leave it. I have to leave it uh, at eight. So I just wanted to chime in on one of your other topics, which is sure, go you know, uh, blind from birth or or later. Yep. And uh, and my thought about it is that you know really it's it's kind of a continuum. I I uh, I had uh, some vision until I was uh, well. I became legally blind when I was eighteen. But but uh, you know if if I had lost my sight when I was 60 or something, I would have had a hard time. But since I became legally blind when I was 18, I was still a kid. And so uh, I had a lot of energy. And, and now, you know, I, I did, first did you work? Did you work during high school? No, I did not. Okay. I, um, I was, I was extremely near, nearsighted. I, you know, I was one of these kids with the Coke bottle glasses uh, that could right. read with their nose on the book, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, the, one of one of the things that I've thought about is that a lot of people who uh, who lose their sight later have a huge adjustment to make to blindness, and I get that. But but they have already made a huge adjustment to life that I think folks who are born blind may have more trouble making because I think that uh, a lot of us who are born blind, and I'm one of those, um, uh, are are often socialized in some particular ways as blind people, which actually which actually limits our ability to um, to understand what the expectations of of the rest of the world are. Um, you know, I was lucky because um, 
I was I was away from the U.S. and Canada from the time I was 13 until I was 30 in 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 a developing country, where um, where none of the none of the special services and special treatment for blind people was available. So if if I was going to make it, I had to I had to adjust and 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 be and learn to cope because otherwise I wasn't going to make it. Right. Right. But I yeah, think, and then like, like you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I, I came up in school long before uh, <clears throat> there was special education. Sure. And, and yep. You know, my my first grade teacher refused to teach me to read because she thought it was a waste of time. Yep. And you know, so my mother taught me and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Been but, there, done. That. I mean, yep. Yeah. So I, I mean, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is, it, it I mean there's a whole continuum as to you know whether you were born blind or then or you had some sight and then lost it and how old you were and how much energy you had and i mean i don't think there's a right answer is, is i guess what i'm saying and i mean i've known people at lost vision relatively young who just just gave up you know yep. uh so you know i think it's a very individualized thing um now, and, and i think you may be right i but i think but I think the rules of thumb that we operate with, that there's this huge adjustment for, for folks who are um, adventitiously blind, that there's this huge adjustment that they have to make. I think it's true, but, but, I, but I don't think we often give them credit for the advantages that they have. I, you know, I guess. I mean, you know, Joe, Joe was born blind, and like I said, I have yep. some vision, and so there there are things that I have some awareness of, uh, you know, like some architecture, the way houses yep. are, yep. you know, some of that looks like and stuff that, that mm-hmm. she doesn't have. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, uh, in many ways, she's got a lot better skills than I do. So, sure. It's, yep. You know, yep. It's, it's hard it, to, it's hard to know. Six, it's, it's six of one and a half of the other. Chris, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Paul. Take care. And give, give Joe my best. I will. Hang in there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Mr. Rick. Jane Mann. Hey. Hey, New York. Hey, Paul. Down there in How Florida. are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. I was thinking when I was reading your post today that you and Audrey Shading and I were talking about our when we were forming our, our Royal Revival League of New York, mm-hmm. and you were, you were pondering whether you should move or not, and you said... You know, there's nothing really that's, you know, I have to stay here for in Miami mm-hmm. and my daughter's up in Jacksonville and maybe I should move up there. And of course, that was before you, you know, got sick and everything. But yep. I was thinking about that today because, you know, who knew when you said yep. that, that from then you were going to be up there. And so, here I am. Here I am. And, uh, and, and but, you've been, but yeah, you've lived in your apartment for a long time, though, haven't you? Well, I've been in this one for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, I moved a few times before then from apartment to apartment, and I had um, a lot of friends in those days. I don't, you know, we've all gone our separate ways now, many of us, but I had a lot of friends, and what I would always do was keep one apartment while I was moving into the other one for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and um, so I had friends that would, you know, want to see the new place, so I said, well, as long as you're going over there, would you mind if we take a carload of stuff? <laughs> And, and they, they, you know, never minded. And so gradually, I, you know, unpacked things as I, as I went over to show them the apartment. And of course, my parents always had to, you know, see where I was going to be, make sure I was uh-huh. all right. You know? So they would help. 
And I would only use the movers for the big stuff. That's a good tip, though. That's yeah. a, that, that really is a good tip. You can do it. It's, it's good to yeah. keep. If you have people that will help you, it's, it's good. You know, you can move your dishes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, extra bedding and stuff and hang your clothes yep. in the closet and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. Now, the last time I moved, I'm in independent house, senior housing now. And mm-hmm. one of the incentives when I moved in was they um, gave me the name of a company called Senior Moves. And that mm-hmm. company came in and they surveyed everything I had and they knew the layout of the apartment where I was going. And they said, you're going to need to get rid of this, this, you know, because you're not going to have room. So I had to give away a piano, which I hated to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I gave away a couch and a couple of chairs. You know, most of my furniture, I brought my table, which was too big for the area that I put it in. But so eventually I got a smaller one. Um, and then they also um, gave me money. They suggested a moving company. So the senior move people came in the day before I was going to move, basically packed up my house. You know, I told they told me certain things to get rid of and I got rid mm-hmm. of other things myself. They, yep. they basically packed up the place. And the next day, the movers came, and when once the movers were gone, they said to me, they had said to me ahead of time, you know, go for lunch. So one of my friends came, and we went out to lunch. We came back three hours later, and they basically had my apartment all set up. It was great. My goodness. They wow. Basically, you know, they, they asked me kind of where I wanted things, and then there were some things they had to put in certain positions because that's where there was room. Yep. Um, my parents were there again. Um, my, they had come to look at the place. So they had a brochure. When I told my mother, I was moving before we, you know, they asked all the questions financially, you know, can you afford it? Blah, 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 blah. And before we got off the phone, my mother was looking at the brochure, figuring out where my furniture could go. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Anyway, they marked my cords and everything. So they knew exactly how to plug in all my computer stuff. And when they left, I had cable, I had internet, um, Everything, my clothes, they had like these wardrobe things. So they just kind of put them over all the clothes. So everything went in. I didn't have quite as much closet space, but they knew which clothes I wanted in which closets. And the only thing I had to do after they left was, you know, the cupboards here are a little different than they were in my last apartment. So Mm -hmm. it took me a while to figure out where they put everything. But, you know, really by the end of the first day, I was pretty well set up. That is pretty cool. That, it really that, was. It, it really was. And it, it it's still stressful because, you know, I had to cancel my phone and my and my electricity and everything. But that was all taken care of here. So, wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, to change your address now, I mean, you used to have to do those postcards and everything. Now you just go online and, you know, go to the post office website and change it. Um, yep. I don't know that I want to move again. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. But they, yeah. they certainly made it as convenient as possible. But, but you were basically moving in the same community, though, right? So that yeah, so, I, it's just a few miles from where I used to live. I've, yeah. I've always been in the Albany area, you know. Where yeah. So like, so like you can you can still use the same like special transportation service yep. if you want to use it or yep. that kind well, of stuff. Same church, you know. I'm yep. just a little further yep. from some of my friends. Yeah. 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 So, nice. But it did. It worked so, out really, really well. So what about what about our our second topic? What about what about th- those of us who were born blind? And I think you were um, yep. com- com- compared to compared to those who who um, lose their sight later. Um, who's who's better off, and and what are the differences? Well, I think you're. I think in the. I think you're really in the mainstream of things. I think you're better off being born blind 
Although if you lose your sight later, you have, you know, a better concept of things like colors. And Uh I think your spatial orientation is better. You can picture those kind of things better. Um, Uh I just can't imagine, you know, having sight and losing it, how difficult it must be. And I think Uh a lot of, a lot of what, what you were talking about before depends on how you were brought up. Um, Yes. I was brought up to basically do everything until, Uh until I got to a certain age. I mean, my parents weren't the kind that would, you know, let me try out for sports and public school, that kind of stuff. But um, then I went to the school for the blind for high school. Um, So I kind of had the best of both worlds for me. Um, Yep. So, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on, on, on your upbringing and how much you're around blind people. I wasn't around blind people a lot, you know, from like yep. second grade through until I went to the school for the blind. So now, now, do you think that the school for the blind helped you to socialize? Did it did it help you to? Do you think it made it easier for you after you left high school in terms of in terms of how you felt about what you were doing? Um. Yeah. I well, for me, it was better because um, by the time I got to high school, I had issues at home. And um, I was able to socialize more in high school than at the school for the blind than I ever would have been able to if I lived at home right. and stayed right. in public school. It, right. it, but I was, I'm glad I did it the way I did because um, I had been out in the sighted world and I kind of knew, you know, what to expect. It still was a little difficult at college. And I know what you and, and Chris were saying about, you know, you go to things and, and, and people like, Oh, here, here's a chair, you know, and, yep. um, you know, they might get you food or something, but sometimes you find you're sitting there by yourself. Yep. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, um, that does happen sometimes. Get it, getting a chance to listen to lots of conversations, but not to participate in many. Exactly. <laughs> when, when, I get when, it. Yeah. When I'm at yep. church, well, when I first joined the church I'm in now, I walked in one night for choir rehearsal and, and these ladies said to me, what part do you sing? And I said, soprano. And they said, oh, honey, come on. And they like practically pulled me up the stairs. So I've always had, um, you know, choir, and I was on parish council at one time. So there's I've nice. always known a lot of people. But then they built this much bigger church, and um, if I'm with my friends, you know, I'm fine. But if I'm if I'm not with them, then there are times when I kind of stand there and lean against the table and say, "Okay, let's see how long it's going to take before somebody comes up and says something." Yep. So and and and, and we're uncomfortable, sort of standing there and saying, "Excuse me." Yeah. Um, I need help. Well, I just walk around with the cane and eventually somebody says, you need something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but, but it's, it's interesting because, because, because we, we, we can't like see, you know, and yeah. you can see somebody across the room. You can go over and say something to them, you know, yep. when there, when it's a big crowd and everybody's standing there talking and you, you can't, you, you know, and if you do hear somebody and you want to go talk to them, you got to get through all those people and, Yep. So it's yep. just it's yep. not as easy for us. Yeah, I I think adjusting to new communities can be hard. It sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Jean, thank you very much, and we'll perhaps talk again before the evening's over. One, I just got to say one more thing. One sure. I have when I did move from place to place, uh-huh. I had friends who um, he had been a mobility instructor at one time. So I would call That's him. That's nice. And say, um, Steve, yep. you gonna you know come help me. And then they would they would also like if I needed to get new furniture because we love to go out so they would take me out and help me pick out furniture and you know and a couple times he came and put things together for me and you know then we yeah. always eat and stuff so I was lucky there too because I had somebody yeah. that was really you know about orienting me yeah now my daughter was great she um 
she 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 helped me order a bunch of stuff from Amazon for my apartment up here, and then helped me put it together. <laughs> so it's very when I moved cool. In here, the first day I moved in, um, they have what they call a hospitality committee, and so this woman called me and she said, "Would you like to go downstairs for dinner? Because we we have meals here." Nice. And, uh, I said, um, not tonight. My parents are here. We're still moving in. My mother brought food for dinner. But a couple nights later, I went with her, and she um, she set up a whole table full of people for me to meet. And then she took me around the whole building. I had been around the building. I knew, you know. Yep. She took me yep. around, and she introduced me to every single person we ran into. So, that is so cool. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and obviously, she was a person who knew loads of people in the building. Yes, she did. So, she knew so are there activities that you guys get to do as as being part of the, the building, like play cards or doing other things like that? Well, I don't get involved in too many of them, but but there's a lot of bridge that gets played here. Yeah. And um, what's that other one? Mahjong. And yeah. um, there's movies, but then they, they put up signs for a lot of them. So I never know what's playing if I don't remember to ask. Um, yeah. We are, we are doing Trivial Pursuit on Friday night, so I've gotten involved in that. Um, That'll be fun. It is fun. Um, so there are other things. Most of the people here are quite a bit older than I am. So I, I have enough going on with ACB stuff and, you know, yep. other things. Yep. So I, get, I, I was probably more involved when I first moved in here than I am now, actually. Excellent. I, with COVID and stuff, everything stopped mm-hmm. for a while. So it's it, just it did. It. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Miss Jean, thank you very much. Hey, maybe I'll talk to you later. You may. I hope so. Yep. Okay. Mr. Rick. Nellie, please. Yep. Hi, Paul. I'm Nellie from Santa Maria, California. Hi there. Welcome. I have moved, um, you know, throughout my life. I've made big moves uh, to communities where I totally didn't know anybody. And um, so this started, um, I grew up in New York City in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had started uh, my college education there, but I decided I wanted to come to California to uh, attend UC Riverside. And so I made all the arrangements that I needed to make. And I um, I worked to save up the money for my airfare. I was living with my parents at the time. I was 20 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And I came to California and... Uh, was living at the dorm at UC Riverside, and uh, I didn't know a soul out here, but I got adjusted to um, school life and dorm life, and I have, um, you know, a very high, um, you know, level of curiosity, so I needed my business to learn uh, learn the community and and the buses and, you know, what... um, transportation there was which was very little in riverside at the time and so i did a lot of walking with my guide dog very long walks at time mm-hmm. and um, so so that was the first big move and it didn't take me very long um you know i joined the uh, ucr choral society uh, I'm very interested in, in dog training, so I found um, dog obedience class, and mm-hmm. I just got totally involved in the community with you know my my schoolwork, and and that worked out really well. Um, now, did you do you think that having a a, a guide dog helped? Um, 
did. I was a really good good traveler. I had mm-hmm. initially learned cane travel um, as a teenager, but I felt, you know, living in New York City, I got my first guide though when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt safer and I mm-hmm. could travel. Um, I used the subways and all of that. So um, I was very, you know, extremely mobile. Yep. So, so that was that was really good. So fast forward um, um, many years later, um, you know, to um, the the eighties. Mm-hmm. I uh, wanted uh, to a job as I was working for Department of Rehab as a counselor teacher, a rehab teacher, and uh-huh. I wanted to be a rehab counselor. Well, the opportunity existed in San Jose, California, so I had to move. And again, um, you know, I I didn't know anybody, but I really wanted this job, and uh, so I interviewed, and I was I was hired, and so I was able to get um, a neighbor to take me um, drive up there and and go house hunting, and and I got ads in the paper and uh-huh. a lot of different things, and did find um, a roommate situation. And oh, that's very cool. Yeah, um, it um, the the woman where I moved was very nice, but her boyfriend was a creep, so I moved out in three weeks. <laughs> 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 but uh, so when I was, you know, I lived in Morgan Hill and worked in San Jose, and um, so that was uh, that was kind of a big jump. But um, but you know, I didn't mind public transportation, so that was cool. Uh-huh. So, and, and very soon, again, uh, both at work and, and in my community, I started to make friends and branch out. Um, I never have had a problem, uh, um, you know, attracting uh, friends and, and talking with people. And um, so I was lonely sometimes because, you know, I missed my friends from, from where I was previously living. Uh-huh. But uh, that, you know, that gradually went away and, and I was, you know, fully, fully involved. Uh-huh. So um, I, um, in, um, in the mid-90s, I moved from, from Riverside County, uh, California to Orange County, California. Wow. Because of work. And so I had a, a, an employment opportunity, you know, as a rehabilitation counselor for the blind in Newport Beach. Yep. And, um, so, um, again, um, I, I used the services of the Center for Independent Living, uh, and they uh, were very helpful in, in getting me um, ads in the paper for housing. I moved into a, a like a transitional community um, uh, apartment complex for business people, you know, who were transitioning to other jobs. And uh-huh. it ended up being a very positive experience, although it was a humongous apartment complex. And um, uh-huh. so it took me a little bit of time and, and, and help you know, learning how to get around there. But once I did, um, they had activities. They had um, they had parties. They had a theater on the premises when people would watch movies and 
and uh, they had a pool and and um i felt very included uh, nice in the things that were happening there and um i had next door neighbors they didn't know you know to what extent my vision was limited so uh-huh. they invited me to go bike riding with them and i laughed and i said oh i would love to go bike riding but i don't have a tandem bicycle and i don't see well enough to drive the bicycle <laughs> <laughs> but they were serious they wanted me to go bike riding with them. well that's excellent i love and- that i thought that was so great well, and, and it also says a lot about about um, your ability to to sell yourself and and to um, and and to to encourage people to include you. So that's good stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and and I, you know, the most recent move uh, was in 2016. Again, another employment opportunity, still with California Department of Rehab. Mm-hmm. I I was a manager. And uh-huh. I had an opportunity to have basically my own office and my own uh, generalist team of counselors. Nice. Staff. Yep. So, um, so my husband helped me move into an apartment, but he had to remain because he still had five more months to work before he could retire and, and move up here with me. Uh-huh. So, yep. um, uh, so I, you know, basically um, got hold of an O&M instructor and um, learned the bus transportation. I had a wonderful guide dog at the time, too, a beautiful male shepherd named Atticus that I had at the time. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was very happy to discover that I was within walking distance of a wonderful donut shop. And, oh, nice. <laughs> and supermarket and other things. So um, my husband would come and visit every other week. And then eventually, you know, when he retired, uh, we started looking for a house and then we got a house up here. And I have subsequently um, retired at the end of 2018 after 39 years of working for California Department of Rehab. Yep. So there's and, been many moves. <laughs> yep, but that's excellent. And, and, um, and, and you decided to stay where you are to retire? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's excellent. I like it um, very much. And, and it's taken, you know, every, every uh, this community, it's taken a little longer to build a network of, um, of friends and, um, you know, and, and the social aspect. And I think, you know, communities are different. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, you can fit right in and other times, uh, people are more reserved. But, do you think? Do you think yeah. the times change that? I mean, do you think it's it's harder? It's harder in twenty twenty one than it might have been in nineteen ninety. Oh yes, it's definitely harder. I think people are more cautious in general, mm-hmm. um, and I think they, um, you know, really want to know more about you before they're willing to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to commit to having a friendship. Yep. And especially if they've never been around a blind person before, yep. um, they just, you know, don't know what to expect. So um, one of the things that has been very helpful for me has been um, joining a community choir, um, get, getting involved, you know, in a church and, um, um, you know, sharing 
uh, a lot of um, interests and activities with um, um, California Council of the Blind and ACB. So, nice. So, um, but, you know, now I've been here a while and, um, and, and I, I feel established and uh, it's, uh, it's working out very well. I have, if I don't show up, you know, during COVID, I didn't show up to church because I was being very cautious. Well, yes. go by where somebody di- different didn't call me and say, hey, haven't seen you. Are you okay? Uh, you know, you've been sick. And that felt so good. Yeah, that's excellent. That's an amazing, good. That feeling. is excellent. It sure is. Yeah. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate sure. hearing about that, and we'll we'll hope to hear from you a little later when we get it more into talking about the differences between congenitally and adventitiously blind folks. All righty, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Mister Rick. Yeah, Lynn Corral, please. Hey, Lynn. Hey, I've moved more times than I want to even say. It's it's <laughs> crazy, but um. I think this last move to a manufactured home here in Olympia was has been a good one for me. Um, I first moved to what they call a shag location in Auburn, Washington. I hated it. Hated it. I had rented since 1994. I said I hate it, and mostly because my son didn't like the neighborhood and the neighbors were kind of sketchy. He really didn't like it, and we, he had looked for a place in this development and uh, manufactured home park, 55 and older, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And finally, actually, the pandemic has been good for me because the prices came down over here. So we found a place that that we could afford um, and moved into it. And I I really like it. It's very quiet around here. But, you know, one thing I've noticed about getting older, I'm going to be 70, you know, is that I'm afraid to walk like I used to. You know, I used to go everywhere. I didn't care. You know, and now I do yep. care. Yep. Now I yep. do care. Yep. Why, yep. why the heck is that? I'm so mad about it. And, you know, and I have a couple of really nice neighbors here, and um, they've helped me out. And they do have a swimming, swimming, swimming pool and a hot tub here. They do have a game, uh, games and stuff like that. But I moved here mm-hmm. right, right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, but the pool has always been open, and the hot tub has always been open. Um, so I've done that quite a few times with a mm-hmm. neighbor. And, um, they do have games and stuff like that. They did have some sort of a party, like for July Fourth last uh-huh. year. It was nice and sunny, uh-huh. and, and and people are right. You know, when you go to these places, they sit you down and <laughs> they don't really let you get up. You know, really, yeah. or go anywhere, <laughs> and they'll bring food to you or whatever. So you know, it that that kind of stuff is frustrating. But I do think that um, moving is stressful. It, it, it uh-huh. doesn't it doesn't get any easier from it. I've gone. I've gone cross country a few times in my life, so you know. Oh, you have. I mean, you're up in Alaska. You're yeah. in Florida. And you lived on in yeah in Florida exactly. And then I so, and I moved to California too, so I've the dollar. Oh over. my goodness! So, <laughs> what is it? What is it like living in a manufactured home? Did you did have you found that that comfortable as compared to living yeah. say in an apartment or a house? I have, um, and actually, you know, my son looked this place up, so he wanted to make sure it was going to be a decent neighborhood and that the place looked uh-huh. that, that was well kept and stuff like that. Yeah, I like it, and it's not like independent living like you get food. You're doing your own thing. You're cooking for yourself. Right. You're doing all that, but yep. what you have is you do have somewhat of a community. Um, what, what's different about it is I don't think these homes are made as well. It's not like a it's not like a trailer. I'm not sure what the difference is, but um, it is a manufactured home, and uh, there are a lot of things I have to fix in here. And actually, I was going to get windows. I am going to get an upgrade on windows, but the place I was going to pick 
doesn't do manufactured homes, so I had to get another place to do it. So there oh, are dear. certain um, there are certain uh, idiosyncrasies I want to say about manufactured homes that are not true of houses and, and apartments and stuff like that. But but I like it because I lived in a condo in Anchorage, and I can tell you condos aren't all that much fun either uh, with neighbors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And here I don't have any neighbors. I mean, I have neighbors, but they're not. Nobody's above me. Nobody's below me. Right. Which is really nice. So. Yep. Uh, <laughs> means you can play your music a little loud if you want to. Yeah, I could play Alexa, you know, whatever I'm doing. So yep. exactly. So, you know, to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I am making some contacts with, with some people and uh, that's good. And maybe I'll have some other events, but they haven't had many events since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it is like frustrating. So, yeah. Now you're, you're in the, the born blind category. Right? I am. I certainly yeah. am. <laughs> so, so what do you think of this of this um, congenital versus adventitious? I thought about this a lot because, you know, my husband was adventitiously blind. So I he was. Think, yep. So I really think that um, when you're congenitally blind, I think, I think you feel – I don't know if you ha- think better about yourself, but you know about the world. You know how the world's going to treat you. You don't have to worry about it. Where when you become blind later in life, you go, what? How, why are the people now ignoring me who <laughs> used to talk mm-hmm. to me? You know, So I think that there's some sort of adjustment, much more of an adjustment with yeah. people who are adventitiously blind. But I do agree that my my husband used to say that I don't live in the real world. I, I wish I he was alive today because I'd say, oh, I don't really live in your world, but I live on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know, I think that he had, he had a sense of, of um, you know, Growing up sighted and having been a truck driver, mm-hmm. having been a furniture mover, those kind of things, that he lived in the real world and and knew what things looked like and had a sense of it where I did not. Um, but I do think that people who are congenitally blind have a much bigger imagination than people who are adversely yep. blind. His, his adjustment <laughs> was interesting, though, because, because I, you know, I think I think he learned to become uh, a, a, a oh, pretty pretty active and and pretty pushy in terms of getting the things he wanted as a blind person so he really did. did yeah he really did i mean i i don't know i don't really know know how he did it but i think he was just like um a leader in that way and he felt that yep. things should be better you know for transportation for the center for the blind that he yep. had to get the funding for all those things that he yep. did so i think that that was true i mean he could be a little bit stubborn but i could be stubborn too yep. um yep. so i i think that it was just um very different and we were both very different he had an eighth grade education and i you know i'm getting a doctorate so you know it's a whole different way of thinking but i i always have felt that my options for employment weren't weren't the best and you know it's just like um you know i'm glad that i have family who's really supported me in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but my son really helped me get this place and i think that um you know moving up places and even when i moved to california I moved to California because my son's dad moved to California. Then he moved back to New York after six weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm staying. Exactly. (laughs) That was it. And then, you know, just going, going to Alaska. And, um, and that was because a friend of mine, um, uh, moved to Juneau from California. So that's how I got to Alaska in the first place. So, you know, all these places have been almost fortuitous when I've got, when I've moved there and, and stuff. So moving is a very difficult thing. I swear to God, this is the last time I'm moving. I'm not going to move again. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear that, but 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 you're doing really well, and and you're and you're filling your time with uh, with, yeah. with ending up with another degree, and so it's going to be <laughs> yeah, exciting. Exactly, it is. Yeah. Thank you so I'm much, in, Paul. Appreciate I'm it. impressed. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
Mr. Rick? Deborah Kendrick. Ah, Miss Kendrick. Oh, hello there. This, How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm very good. I, I, this has just been a fascinating discussion. I, yep. uh, I, I, I thought I wanted to um, weigh in on one subject, and then I listened to people, and I thought, oh, well, maybe not. Maybe something else. But um, <laughs> I, I guess um, I have a really strange relationship with moving. When I was growing up, my parents moved constantly. I had lived in 10 places by the time I was 20. And, uh, and the best of all moves, when I think about my childhood, I think of four years because when I was 13 and about to start high school, we moved and we were in that place until I went to college. And my stepfather, who was a very gregarious person, basically introduced me to every girl on the street. There were a lot of teenage girls my age on the street. And therefore, my high school experience, I had a better high school life than any blind person I've ever met. I loved high school. I had a million friends. I was in all the right, you know, invited to all the right parties and the right groups. And life was really, really good. And so as an adult, um, I, I think when you're, when you're in college and you're living in a dormitory, you can meet people because you're passing them in the hall. And then when I started having children and other people have talked about being out walking. So I met people because I was walking my guide dog or taking my baby for a walk or then my toddlers for a walk or then putting my kids in preschool. So I started a preschool at church. So the children enabled me to meet people and make friends and get involved. And um, these last 10 years have been an insane series of moves for me. And I Seem I keep saying I make very bad moving choices. I need to figure out where I want to be because <laughs> I I sold my house, and in the house I'd raised my children in, and I, because I thought I was going to have trouble, I lost some contracts, and I thought I was going to have financial trouble, and it turned out I wasn't. But I I panicked and I sold my house, and then I bought another house, and then. My youngest child moved out. So I thought, well, I don't need this great big house. It was a three-story house. I don't need this great big house. So I bought a condo in Florida, as you know, and rented an apartment in Cincinnati. And now I go back and forth, and I don't quite live either place. And I was very, I was so amazed listening to Jean talk about um, meeting people in in her community because Mm -hmm. I have been in this uh it's it's a a 55 plus apartment complex a gigantic apartment complex yep i bought this place five years ago now granted i haven't been here nonstop because i've been in hospitals and short-term rehab and up in cincinnati right but but i don't have any friends here and and i I have to struggle to get the newsletter and I read the newsletter and they don't do anything I want to do anyway. 
You know, I mean, <laughs> the only thing I've ever seen in the newsletter that I would do is play Euchre. And I haven't worked up the nerve to call and say, um, could I come and bring my Braille cards to Euchre? But otherwise, <laughs> I mean, they, they do all these dumb things that I don't want to do. I, I guess yep. that's maybe that's the way to, to go. And so what a couple of things that I've been thinking about is um, I think most of my life and what I hear other people saying is, it's so much harder to meet people if you're blind because they wave at you across the street, mm -hmm. you know, or next door or whatever, and you don't see. And so then you don't wave back. And so then they forget about you after a while. Or if you have a significant hearing impairment, they catch on after a while. You can't see. So they shout and then you can't you can't hear either. So, <laughs> and, you know, and and now because I have mobility challenges, I'm not out walking around by myself like I used right. to be. And so I think well, I, I think a couple of things that have been rolling around in my mind listening to people. Uh, if you have even a little bit of vision, that makes a huge difference in connecting with people right. around you in your community. Yep. Yep. Even a little bit. And if you don't, the, the only way to do it is what some others have said is, you know, join some things, which I haven't figured yep. that out for me yet, but, or. But you're, you're a it, member of the Pinellas council, right? And, and, and I, so. Oh my so God. If it weren't, if it weren't for my blind friends, I'd kill myself. Seriously. Yep. I mean, yep. yes, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, when my first hospitalization, I've had five major surgeries in four years. Right. And after the first one, I was alone in the middle of what was like nowhere to me, St. Petersburg, Florida, right. knew right. no one. And somebody, I think Jim Crock gave me the, the name of somebody in the, in the council. And I called her and I was like, I'm in the short term rehab and I have no clothes. I was going to the hospital. All I took was pajamas. And right. what, do you know anybody who'll shop for me? And she said, I will. She had her son take her to Target and she came mm -hmm. by with a bunch of yoga pants and t-shirts. And I thought, oh man, this, I, you know, so yes, that has been my, my, uh, my lifeline in terms mm -hmm. of people here. But um, I think, I think the key, my probably best time ever of meeting a lot of people quickly and it all working out well was that time when I was 13 and my stepfather right. was my, he was like my publicist, right? Yeah. He was, and, he was your ambassador. <laughs> right. And that's what Jean was saying when she talked about the woman who kind of grabbed her and said, let me introduce yep. you around. I think, I don't know how you get a person like that if you don't just lock into one, but I think that's, that's, the key for people well, who have no vision. I, I had a I had a person sort of like that when I moved up here. Um, she she was my um, physical therapist when I was kind of recovering from whatever it is I had. Oh. And <laughs> her her dad and mom lived on the fourth floor of the building that I'm in. So she knew everybody here and knew exactly how things work. And she actually acted as, as my O&M instructor and showed me how to get into the gym and how to get out to oh, the nice. pool and um, how to get to the, to the front door where you can catch Uber and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and um, 
she and her family would often kind of get together with other people um, by the pool, and and she'd say, hey, "Hey, come down," and I would, and so oh, nice. so it that helped, and so I think what Jean said was 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 very sensible. So yeah. let me let me ask you to tackle the other question: um, adventitious or congenital? Pros and cons. Well, I'll tell you what I say. You know, every day I'm taking Lyft and Uber and paratransit, and I come yep. out and I have a walker or I have a support cane in one hand and a white yep. cane in the other if I'm doing yep. well that day. And yep. again and again and again, what do people say to me? Oh my God, you're amazing. I don't know how you do it being blind. Yep. And I say, let me tell you, being blind is nothing. And I'm not being a jerk. I mean it. It's nothing yep. because yep. if you, I, you know, I'm good at it. I'm good at being blind. I know how to do this. And yep. I, for that reason, I'm glad I went blind at age five because, you know, I immediately began learning. I mean, I was learning how to do things with adaptive techniques before I got out of the hospital, losing my eyes, you know, like sure, you, that's what you do when you're a kid, you figure things out. And so I think there are huge advantages to growing up blind. And I think even though I don't remember sight, I think even having sight for a couple of years, a little bit probably was, was some weird advantage. I mean, I don't, I don't remember what people look like and I don't remember what the moon looks like or, you know, yep. anything else, but, but I think it gave me some awareness that I might not have gotten had I been born without sight. But I, I see it's a very, very rare person who loses sight in adulthood who pulls all those skills together the way we do, the way many of right. us right. who have grown the, up blind. So the way a lot so of that, us do. And and yet and yet there are a bunch of people who are who are born born blind. I, I don't want to say the majority because I don't think it's that, but there are an awful lot of people who never seem to make the 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 adjustment to be very successful and it, it right. is yes. why is that it's a it's it's a it's I an, think, it's a, yeah, I'm not, go ahead. I, I cannot buy that it's environmental nope. because nobody i mean nobody grew up much more neglected than i did but right i it worked out okay for me you know yep. i mean not having any supervision worked out just fine yep. <laughs> so, um but so I, I I can't buy the environmental. I can I think to a certain extent, um, the other way is certainly true. If you have parents who are really invested in you and, and, and involved in and you know showing you things and making sure you get your hands right. on everything right. to see the world around you as best you can, certainly that makes a difference. And if you don't get any of that, that makes a difference in a negative way. But I I think. I, you know, I think it's more glaring among blind people because of the blindness, but I think we're all on a different spot on that social spectrum. Sure. Some of us are just social butterflies and, and like people and like to hang with people and, and want to know other people's stories and others not so much. And I think, I think that's, that's a, big, a big part of it. And, and I also think there, there, there are certainly groups of blind people who are intolerant and who don't help folks who aren't well socialized. 
Yes. And I think some of the, I'm going to say this, and I probably shouldn't because it is being recorded, but I think <laughs> some of the meanest people to blind people are sometimes other blind people. Yep. I think I, I was at a meeting of some very high-powered, smart, successful blind people once, and I will, I'll never forget this. It was about 10 years ago, and you know, I've worn hearing impairments for most of my hearing aids for most of my adult life, and I right. used to be very secretive about it. So I was standing in this noisy, echoey, therefore for me, frightening hotel yep. lobby. And these couple of blind people that I knew were standing there talking. And, and I said something to one of them, like, I'm confused, or can you, I, I don't know. I indicated that I didn't, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how to get out. And, you know, I've frequently been the person who was well-oriented yes. and thrilled to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. But one of these guys took me by the shoulders and spun me around. It was so mean. He might just as well have slapped me in the face and yep. said, go that way. That's where the door is. And I, oh, geez. I, I just, I thought that's, that's not what you do. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be a family of some sort, you know, a community, whatever. But mm -hmm. I, I do, I think that is an element that we as blind people, we need to help one another and support one another. And and one other thing, you know, you've asked people about the process of losing sight. Well, I don't have that. I guess I've, you know, I have somewhat um, have been able to uh, relate to it because of losing hearing since I was 15. Right. right. Um, but where I really, really relate is with this walking stuff because, right. and I remind myself, okay. Remember when you didn't have much patience for the guy who had RP for 25 years and you're thinking, get over it already. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yep. That's me. That's me with the Hemi walker. Now it's like, I want to say to myself, get over it already. If that's how you got to walk, that's how you got to walk. It beats not walking. So whatever. Uh, um, two months but, ago, my brother <laughs> got his hip replaced. And so uh -huh. he has, um, and, and when he's not driving a truck all over the country, he, um, he lives in the same apartment as I do. And, and oh. so it's, it's been an interesting adjustment for, uh, for me to learn. Uh, well, first, I mean, obviously to be a helper, but, um, but, I, but it's also been interesting to me to watch um, how he has adapted to, um, to, to, to suddenly being in a place where, where he's, uh, he's disabled. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, I, I grant how hard, I think, I think I would find it much harder as you have, I think, um, being, being, uh, physically disabled because of what's going on with your legs and stuff, um, than, than I am as a, as a blind person, or than I would be if I, if, if I had lost some hearing as well. I mean, I could yeah. deal with those two things, but I think, I think to be where you are now would be tough for me. It would. It's not easy. Well, the first thing I said to Josh Mealy when he uh, got the Arthur uh, fellow, I, I sent him a text and said, 
So when are you going to figure out a walker that your blind friend can use with a white cane to get back outside? Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that money to work. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yep, that'll be fun. Miss Deborah, thank you so much. Appreciate thank you. it. You're doing a and, great job. Oh, thank you. And we'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yep. Mr. Rick? Kate McKee, please. Hey, Kate, I don't know you, I don't think. No, I'm new to uh, Tuesday Topics. I'm new to ACB, and I'm also uh, new to being visually impaired and actually knowing that I am. <laughs> cool. Hello. Welcome. Glad to have <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank Where you. are you from, Miss Kate? Well, I, like you, lived outside the United States when I was 13. My dad nice. was a wildcat for oil. He's looking nice. for oil. And mm -hmm. all the oil. All the all the uh, dangerous places, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, and, uh, huh? And uh, go ahead. So the uh, uh, okay. So the thing that I wanted to share about moving is that when my mm -hmm. husband and I we moved into a new place, mm -hmm. he would inspect me, and when I would have a bruise, okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. he, would, he would go get his measuring tape. He's an engineer. And he would measure where it was. And then he'd go around the house because it was a new environment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I did not. I couldn't believe it. He found what I was bumping into. Wow. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be there was a ledge in the bathroom, you know, around the tub that I was mm -hmm. knocking my shin on. And he went and he got the little router thing and, went, and now I don't bump on it. And then That's I, excellent. I bumped on something on my, on my hip and he's like, okay, where's that? And he found it. So it was like, I never realized that uh, you can actually think you can actually make a safe environment. For you yourself. can pinpoint and make it safer. That's pretty amazing. You've got a, pretty, got a pretty neat husband there. Yes, but we all can do it, right? I mean, if if, yep. if we end up, and, and and so instead of me, you know, and I had told him, well, I always get bruises because we were mm -hmm. newly married, and I, yep. I, I bruise easily. And he's like, no, you're hitting something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing. So um, you said you, you have relatively recently lost your vision. Well, you know, I was born uh, extremely farsighted, yep. and um, when I was 35, uh, my left eye went, went legally blind, Yep. and then when I was 55, my right eye went legally blind, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that it was legally blind because, you know, I just would go to the regular eye doctor, and my environment was well i grew up in the can-do era right oh yay of you course work sick <laughs> not yeah exactly yep <laughs> so when i really understood that uh oh um i finally got a diagnosis and it turns out i have something that's rare that's why i wasn't diagnosed till i was um 55 um mm -hmm. anyway so uh i I, I knew that I would just get worse. So I ended up, yep. I decided to sell my, my, my kids had grown. My husband mm -hmm. had passed away. My kids had grown, moved out. I, you know, why do I need a four bedroom on a third of an acre with 10 fruit trees? It's just <laughs> going to get worse. Yep. 
I get it. Uh, you know, so why- I, 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 I was on my own with a with a twenty eight hundred foot four bedroom house with a big office. So yeah, I got you. I know, I know, and it's paid off, and everything works. And you're like, oh my yep. gosh, I finally got it the way I want it, and now I'm leaving. Yeah, well, I, exactly. so uh, I moved into uh, I moved. I said, well, you know what? I need I need a I need a, a beige box so I don't hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because you know, different levels, step up, step down, all that. Yep. In a manufactured home. The other thing that we uh, liked about a manufactured home is that because it's all, there are no real interior walls. There's really? No, okay. They're all fake, right? Because they're just yep. they're just a box, right? And then they. Yep. So we have a double wide. So we have two boxes screwed together with a post in the middle. So anything we want to make, we can knock down a wall, add a wall, move anything mm-hmm. we want. So we made it so that uh, everything is is easy for me. And I'll tell you, I my life has been a lot better since I moved into a place. Um, oh, that's understanding, excellent. Understanding. Yep. Before, I never understood my disability. I had people come over and help me. Oh, I really have a problem with the living room. Oh, well, put this here, put that there. And then it's an S pattern and you end up just falling over everything. And then people (laughs) think you're really funny. Mm -hmm. So anyway, what happened is, is that um, uh, I had my husband, like I said, had passed away. I got married uh, to a man and I knew I said, well, you know what? Um, You know, uh, my husband died. I lost my job. I went blind, and um, and my therapist says I should I should I should talk to people. So that's why I'm on a date with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a good job of talking. <laughs> well, I said I'm not interested. I what I really need to do is sell this four bedroom house. I can't take care of anymore. And um, mm-hmm. so. Long story short, we got married. So he knew from the outset that I, I had failing eyesight. And right. so when we went to set up the house, we bought furniture that didn't have all those fancy carved edges and we got rid right. of all, all the things. And we used color because I still, uh, I'll, I'll still always have a little bit of color and shape. That's excellent. So, yep. Makes sense. Anyway, so that's my moving tips mm-hmm. and tricks. Now, how have you found adjusting to, to, to being more and more visually impaired? Have you found that that was hard? It was difficult for me, um, but it, it, it appears it is, it, is, it is more difficult for my family. Yep. They, yep. they, have, they, have, uh, they have told me that I'm not blind, that I'm, I'm, I'm living off of the government. <laughs> oh, no. That I'm lazy, that I just don't pay attention, that mm. everybody gets headaches. I, I don't know. Anyway, so I, uh, what I do now is uh, I love going to the Braille, and they taught me uh, wonderfully to to how to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know that there is differences. See, uh, you know, I'm 66. To me, blind means you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where we grew up. You yes. can't see anything. Yep. But and so when somebody tells me I'm blind, I say, "Well, I, I can kind of see the door over there." <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And and um, and 
even even if you even if you were to lose all the rest of your vision, I think you'd still do well enough because you've you've had a chance to adjust and you've you've been doing lots of training and stuff. So I think you'll be fine. Thank you so much. And I um I just want to tell you these Tuesday topics. I uh, uh, commend you. They're very interesting, and I appreciate the the dualism of. Okay, you said there was born blind, and then there's another word. What did you say? In oh, adventitiously. In? It's 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 a it's a it's a stupid word, but it really means people who are born uh, after birth. So advent is is after birth. So. Um, it's yeah, a, but it's a, isn't isn't it, it? It sounds like advantageously blind. Adventitiously, a a d v e n t i t i o u s l y. No, no, adventitiously. Advantageously, it's easy. Well, maybe that. See, that would be good. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my family thing. <laughs> you can be advantageously blind if you like, dear one. That would be good. Thank you so much for your call. Okay, phone number ending in 768, please. Oh, my goodness. I've been on here for almost two hours. I almost gave up a couple times. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. How are you? Wow. How are you, Paul? This is Shirley. Yeah, I recognize um, your voice, Ms. Roberts. I, I sure did. I wasn't sure if you would or not. I thought you <laughs> probably would. But anyway, oh, my God, goodness. Talk about moving. Um, now, my husband and I lived in a house for 40 years Ooh. in uh, in Dayton, Ohio, yep. and my family, <laughs> kind of like this one other person talked about, my brother and sister, especially my brother said, you need to move to Columbus and be with the rest of us. So we moved into this little apartment in Columbus. Some people wouldn't say it's little, but compared to our house. It was pretty small, and we yep. do spend. Uh, we do have a place here in in Florida where we spend a lot of the winter. Mm -hmm. But boy, I'm telling you. And is it a con? Is it a condo as well, Shirley? In Florida, is it a, like a no, condo or is it? Florida, we're in a house actually. Nice. Um, and uh, we we got to decide what we're going to do next now that we are, you know, getting a little older and time's going pretty fast, but. We have a little apartment in Florida, and it's a, it's a little, I mean, in, uh, I'm sorry, in Ohio. And, you know, after my family got us to move and everything, then COVID hit, and, and my brother spends the winters in Arizona, and I'm like, why did you guys talk us into moving here? We hardly see you anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, if it hadn't been for, for a father-son duo and the fact that you know we paid another company to help us um get stuff together i mean i i'm i think we'd still be sitting there in that house i mean we accumulated so much stuff and you just mm -hmm. don't realize how much uh you, oh, you don't in 40 years and and it, it, it's definitely tougher um yeah. Know, for a blind person because unfortunately even though my husband is sighted he is not the most organized person in the world and you know <laughs> there's a lot that we had that i'm not i don't even think i realized and i think the most discouraging part was when we got into the apartment and we had gotten rid of so much stuff so much stuff and we still have mm -hmm. so much stuff 
And my sister walked in and she said, this is a really, really nice place. You just need to get rid of about half of the stuff you've got. And I was going to cry. I thought, (laughs) oh my God, she has no idea how much we just got rid of. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm telling you, I I didn't find that too funny. (laughs) I was pretty sad when I heard that. I mean, I had to get rid of a beautiful dining room set that, you know, my parents gave us and things that nobody even wanted, but we couldn't move them. Yep. So, I, I know exactly how you feel because I had the same problem in Miami. So I'm it, sure. It, it, I'm sure. And I can't imagine yeah. when you talk about what size your house was. That just that just really boggles my mind. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, getting into the blind blind from birth. Yep. Versus the other. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel sorry for people who um, have lost their sight and have to give up driving and all that. Yep. I just can't imagine having to do that. But the other side of the coin is I wished that I had seen at some point there's some concepts I'm never going to understand no matter how much somebody tries to explain them to me, I'm never going to understand colors. Yep. Um, I'm never really going to be able to, you know, to match things well or appreciate uh-huh. some of that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, which would be easier, which would be harder. I don't think you can put your finger on one side of it and say, Oh yeah, this would definitely be the easier way to, to have it. I just, you know, don't think that can happen, but I, I guess at some point it would have been nice to be able to have have seen or, you know, be able to, to see at some point in my life to get some yeah. idea of of what I've missed. And I guess so, there's a there, there is a fuller there is a you know a, a fuller sense of the world if if you could really understand art, which which those of us who were born blind I don't think ever really can. Um, right. But I. I, I I think, I, I think that I've met a lot of people who've lost their sight as adults, um, particularly working age adults who seem to have a much better grasp of what the world is like um, than 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 many people who are who are who are born blind who who sort of sure. yeah uh, who sort of have grown up in in, in the blindness world. I think. I think that um, some of those folks know they have an adjustment to make when they've lost their sight later. Um, but once right. they've made that adjustment, I, I think that I think they have some real advantages that we don't often recognize. I think. Oh, there's no doubt. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, I I have a friend that has had um, partial vision all of her life. She has, you know, sight in like one corner of one eye. And now she's starting, you know, she's my age and she's starting to have some problems with cataracts and, Mm -hmm. you know, she only has one eye anyway, but, you know, she's starting to have trouble differentiating Mm -hmm. uh, between some colors and things like that. And she makes comments to me every so often now, because I've said things to her, like, you just don't realize how, you know, how much that little bit of sight makes a difference. Yep. And she'll say things to me now like, you know, 
she just made a comment to me last night. You, you know, I can, I can really appreciate, you know, what you've been talking about more now because I'm uh-huh. having trouble with some of those things. And um, so, you know, it, it, it definitely makes a difference. There's just no doubt about it. Yep. Ms. Shirley, thank you so much for your call. Well, thank you for doing this show. You certainly do a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Rick, do you have anybody else? Yeah, we do. Jane Tolino, please, if you want to meet yourself, Jane. Hey, Miss Jane. All right. I am glad, glad, glad to be here. Uh, I have been blind since just after birth. I was one of those preemies. Yeah, me too. Back yep. in 1947, it was a great year yep. to be born. Yep. Moved from Portland, Oregon, where my family and I lived. Uh, graduated high school, moved to New York. Moved on to Syracuse University. Uh, after that, just moved to New Jersey, where my husband and I were married. Um, moved to Canada for 10 years and loved it got homesick for the U.S. and moved back and lived in Minnesota, where we currently are, but we are fast leaving. So I think a couple of things. I was taught as a child to look at blindness as a fact. It happens to your eyes and not to the rest of you. So deal with it. You know, that, that uh, maybe not said quite that way, but it was, it was a fact. And that made a difference to me because I needed to look at all the pieces of my life uh-huh. and see how they were alike or intermingled uh-huh. or helpful or in the way. So that's one thing I really wanted to put out here. When I think about getting to know people and being in groups, I encourage everybody to, when I walk into a meeting, I will often stand quietly for a few minutes and just assess where's the action Uh and then head for it because that's where I want to be, maybe, or I head for where I want to be. And then if somebody does that, yeah, let let me help you out here. I'll say, okay, well, here's, you know, here's what I want. Here's what I think I need. What do you, you know, what are you seeing? Blah, blah, blah. And we get it done. Uh-huh. I think moving is an opportunity. It's a hard, hard opportunity. And you don't, I didn't, I don't always look at it that way until after I'm all through. <laughs> uh, we've moved enough to where, and we're getting yep. ready to move back to Texas where we really want right. to move. From Minnesota. Yep. So when we move, I always think about the process of packing and, and what that's uh, like. Um, yep. And I've ended up with some questions, which are, do I use it? Do I like it? Do I want it? Is it mine to decide about or my husband's? Or can we give it to one of our children, sell it, burn it? After, and I've learned that it takes more than one swamping out 
to downsize. It never happens right. on the first go round. And I, I certainly have heard you say that and a couple of sure. others said that, especially the lady that had to move all our furnace. Get rid of half of what you have. Yep. Yep. And you already got rid of two thirds of it. Yeah. You know, so it's a challenge. But now you, you say it's an opportunity. To, to, tell me, tell me more about why it's an opportunity. Well, for me, it's an opportunity to look at the whole of my life and say, where have I been? Who will come with me? Do I know which friends will stay part of my life? or just fade away because I'm not there anymore. Um, what are the gifts uh, about it? And why are we moving? Where are we going? And um, so that in those ways, it, a move is an opportunity. It's a time to, uh, to move to yep. and find out if you have been stagnant at all um, and kind of shakes you loose. Mm-hmm. Now, and, uh, you're thinking about moving to Texas. We're moving um, and, back to Texas. Yeah, we yep. lived there for five years. And then uh, with my husband's Parkinson's, um, yep. he said, Jane, I want to live closer to family. So I said, seriously, let's just move them all to Texas, please. <laughs> because we lived in a really uh, advantageous spot. You know, uh-huh. we could walk two miles in any direction and hear live music or go to a park or have great food nice. connect up with friends it was it of all the places i've ever lived it was the most delightful to me to live in that corner um, of new Braunfels, texas which is mm-hmm. halfway between austin to the north and san antonio well so now that we have wonderful some wonderful family support they are ready to move to texas too so off we go and, and are you likely to move back to New Bromfels where you already have connections or? No, because our son is still working and needed to be closer to where his kind of work could be. Mm-hmm. So we get to start a new life um, just north of the 1604 loop, just north of San Antonio. And nice. um, it will be a more rural area. So I'm looking forward to falling in the ditches or uh-huh. at least attempting not to. <laughs> But, you know, my guide dog and I will will manage that. Um, I want to say about blindness, and I have said it is a fact, and it's good to deal with it that way. Right. But I would rather be blind any day than go through another total knee joint replacement. I've, <laughs> I've had three, and oh, I only dear. have two legs. They had to do one over. And mm. I had no idea about physical pain that I've now experienced as I've mm-hmm. gone through and recuperated from these knee joint replacements. So, but I wanted to, um, and about adventitious blindness versus mm-hmm. congenital, I've seen people as they age, and we're all doing that together. We are. As their sight changes, that is a huge struggle. Um, about self-value, I think, and I love to help people understand, look, what do you want to do that you think you can't? Well, one person just said, all I want to be able to do is butter my toast. I said, let's go do it. 
it doesn't matter how you do it. It matters yep. that it works for you. And, exactly. You know, so I want to say that. I want to I wanna read a poem to you. We're not going to have enough time, dear one. Never mind. Later, we later, have 40 some other seconds. day. Yep. Oh, but thank you very it. much for your call. Yes, later. <laughs> yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I still don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday topics next week, but uh, stay tuned. You'll probably find out tomorrow or Thursday. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody who's contributed to two of my quadruple features. So clearly, there's a double feature to go if we don't come up with anything else. And we may add something to that so that we get back to a triple feature, but I think quads are too much. So four is too many, but all of you are great. Good night.